Welcome to Knowledgeshare with Dr. Dave, streamed on grokshare.com and broadcasted on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. You are listening to episode number 53, featuring Jill Freeman Stack, principal and sole proprietor at Jill Stack Public Relations. The topic is, you don't know it until you do it. Jill Freeman Stack is an entrepreneur, an owner of Jill Stack Public Relations, a company that enabled businesses of all sizes to share their stories with the media and markets. Jill stated, I find invaluable help from professional work mentors. This includes former colleagues and clients who are more than willing to spend time to talk to you, to cheer you up, to give you creative ideas, to be a sounding board, even to provide client prospects. Mentorship has been a vital part of my career. I sat down with Jill to learn more about her inspiration, challenges, discovery, and resilience. Name, Jill Freeman Stack, gender female, company and organization, I am self-employed public relations. My job title, I'm the principal. I am the role in the company and organization, I'm the principal and the primary sole employee. The services or products provided are public relations. Current length in my position is eight and a half years. Total years of experience in this field is approximately 30 years. Excellent. So we're going to go through the four topics. And the first topic is inspiration. And the first question for ins under inspiration is, what were some of the experiences that inspired you to start this business or work in this field? Okay, I trained as a journalist. I studied journalism beginning all the way back in junior high school and high school and knew I wanted to work in a field that focused on writing. When I graduated from college, I did not immediately find a reporting position and did actually find a position in public relations, which was a pretty natural fit based on media relations in particular, which requires a lot of writing and it isn't done in new style, which was the kind of writing that I had done in college and was trained in. And most of the material in public relations is geared toward telling a compelling story that resonates with audiences, and I really love that. Awesome. So challenges. The first question on the challenges is, describe significant challenges experienced in your professional journey. An early challenge for me was that I did not immediately find a reporting job, a newspaper reporting job, and so had to um, widen my horizons and find something that married both my professional um, goals and my educational training. And I had a few jobs right out of college that were unrelated to what I had studied in school and continued to look and realize in hindsight that those jobs were valuable because I still even though I was not writing or working in either a new, for a newspaper or public relations, was still learning a lot about how businesses run, just dealing with people and answering phones and filing and all the kinds of uh, functions that all businesses have in common. Uh, but it did take a few years before I found a job that actually married the training that I had in college, and that was a, a public relations job, which probably was when I was about 27. So it did take several years. And I think in hindsight, to me, that is something that was an, an obstacle and pathway. And I think a lot of people that will resonate, no one finds, well, some people do find their ideal job right away. But for me, it was a little bit of a pathway. 
And um, as I mentioned, the takeaway from this, I think, would be persistence and uh, really still focusing on attaining my career job. I never gave it up, even though I was doing other things. I was just, uh, I, the opportunity, it just took a few years for it to come up. And then once I landed that job in public relations, I faced uh, a challenge of learning um, some specific tactics and techniques in PR, which I had not studied in college. So I trained as a journalist, so all of my focus was on news writing and reporting and those types of things. And, and PR does have specific um, strategies and tactics. And so I did need to learn about that as well. And then my uh, first position was in a medical healthcare communications organization. And so there was obviously a steep learning curve on content based on whatever clients uh, were there. It was a, a medical device healthcare communications company. No background in that. So I had to be uh, really focused on learning. How did those experiences shape your thinking? So the shift to public relations versus news reporting did require a significant shift in strategic thinking. So the way I was approaching my written projects um, was definitely different. As a journalist, you're trained to be fact-based reporting the five W's and the H, the who, what, where, when, why, and how, and basically being an observer and only reporting what you see in a very neutral position. In public relations, you're not um, you're not you're still focused on facts in public relations, but your primary goal is to achieve what your client needs, whether it's to increase awareness about uh, an, an education initiative, about their product, the features and benefits. And so, in that instance, I had to learn to marry the factual materials with the features and benefits that the client's goals we were designed to aim for. And so that was really a shift in writing style and in strategic thinking. Mm. We're gonna go on to the third theme, which is called discovery. What techniques or practices did you apply to amplify opportunities or dampen adverse results? When I t uh, took first had my first opportunity in public relations, I had the opportunity to work in a very small uh, healthcare firm. It was, there were just the two principals, two founding principals. I was their first employee. And so I feel that, that was a very unique opportunity that I stumbled into. It was kismet serendipity, but they were both extremely intelligent, proven prof professionals, both in their fields. The, uh, they were husband and wife team. The woman had a uh, 25 plus year career already uh, in healthcare communications and her husband was a physician. And their goal was to, f to uh, create a unique healthcare communications organization that provided PR, but PR materials, but focused heavily in strong medical fact and basis. And so in that opportunity, in that setup, the opportunities were boundless for me. They really were outstanding mentors. They provided almost unlimited opportunities for me, almost too much, too much rope where I could hang myself. And um, as I grew, they gave me more opportunities. They felt comfortable in my writing abilities, so that was good off the, right out of the gate. Uh, but the, the one founding, the woman, her name was Susan Meister, she was a, an amazing writer, and so her feedback was always 
very exacting, very specific. And I really found as a writer that that's how I grew the most rather than more general comments. And then uh, Stephen Robbins, her husband, who was the physician, provided amazing translation of technical medical information into more layman's, uh, layman um, focused. And so we were, I was able to just learn about everything from devices in anesthesiology and cardiology in, um, in medical imaging. And so it was an amazing opportunity. And I also think that um, they contributed just to my growth as a professional by just giving me that opportunity. So what creative or innovative ideas allowed you to achieve your organization's or personal goals? So again, going back to Communicore, that was the name of the organization. Um, after several years, the organization in Newport Beach had grown, and they had desired to open an agency, a second satellite office in Seattle. And so the principals moved to Seattle to start that. And they had hired a new managing uh, partner for the Newport Beach office, but it didn't really work out. They came from the outside. There wasn't a lot of knowledge about how we did things. And there was a really unique way in how we prepared the communications. So um, a group of the senior account executives were given the opportunity to uh, form a management team and basically run the operations of the Newport Beach Agency. And so um, I do believe the principals chose well. There were four of us, I was included, um, and we had to learn not to just continue on our daily functions of executing the client work, but to take on new business development and run and supervise the staff. And when you're kind of a creative person, you know, there was a, there was a learning curve there, but it was an amazing opportunity. They rewarded us financially, which was amazing. We had, you know, bonuses established. We actually grew that, our office. We did very well um, in dealing with client interactions for local base, they were off-site, our principals, and so we really took on a huge amount of opportunity. And I suppose that ran for approximately three years and with phenomenal results. The principals then had other plans and things, and so the office was downsized. But that was a very unique opportunity, and serving in that management group was very valuable. Okay, let's go on to the fourth theme, which is resilience. So imagine that you are a fingernail away from achieving your goal or your dream, and you ran out of resources, what would you do? Well, this is an interesting question because the size of a fingernail could be big or small, and uh, resources could be defined in many ways. So f in my perspective, um, I haven't had to deal with opportunities where resources were financially based or time constraints or those kinds of things. But I think f in this opportunity, it might be a creative a, a creative block. Or at, now as a consultant, maybe a time where I needed to look at new uh, the prospects or clients. And so for me, this resource would be by going to a professional work mentor. I really found that work mentors, whether you are working with them directly or you've known them through past projects or you've come across them tangent, um, through professional associations or other work, really are more than willing to spend time to talk to you, to cheer you up, to give you creative ideas, to be a sounding board, 
uh, even to provide prospects if that happened to be something that you were were needing. And that to me, I think would be the resource, the way I would go about approaching the resources that I might need. I mean, mentorship has been a huge thing in my career. And I think that that would be what, what I would do. I would look to mentors to either help fill up creative, uh, creativity, any of those things that I just mentioned. Excellent. So describe a time when you had to demonstrate courage and tenacity in the face of obstacles. So the probably the most courageous thing I did was to leave a paid agency position, and I did that about eight and a half years ago, almost nine years. That was a good uh, time in my life when my children were growing and didn't need me quite as much. And so the financial needs of a paid position weren't as important. And so I made the decision to leave an, my agency, with which was a guaranteed paycheck, uh, and work assigned to me. And I never had to really worry about that and then be, to become a consultant. And uh, it did require tenacity. I had to decide how much I wanted to, to work, how many clients I wanted to have. I worked from home. So I had to get into the pattern of uh, a kind of more rigorous work schedule because when you're at home, there's a lot of distractions that can get in the way and uh, just kind of the pattern of contact with clients and prospects and keeping work in the pipeline and all of those things require a, a, another set of learning skills and it did require tenacity and I would say it took maybe six to eight months before I felt like the pattern of my business was flowing and in, in the direction that I wanted it to be and uh, I had good balance with work and what my other requirements were. And from uh, then on, I've never looked back. It did require some, not too much technical business things that I had to learn, but I had to kind of polish skills about billing and collecting if things weren't paid and some tax things and those kinds of things. But the work itself didn't require that much change. It was, that part was the same. It was more, how to take the advantage the advantage of the independence that I had and the freedom. And in hindsight now, I would never look back. So being my own boss is uh, an amazing thing. I wanted to go back to question four because there was one piece that you, you amplified opportunities, but I wanted to see if there was anything you want to reference about dampening adverse results. If there was, did we miss that or... That's for question number four. And it's okay if you have nothing to add. Um, I think just looking back, I haven't had, I mean, I have had a few adverse, I mean, like specific like screw ups at work, which were not very fun. Just one example was we ran a, a very important social event for a client and I was in charge. The principals were in Seattle. We were the team that was running the event in La Jolla. And the president of the company made a presentation to his invited guests. And it was videotaped. And there was no tape in the uh, camera. So after the fact, we had to fall on the sword. And that was not very fun. I mean, we just had to do it. We were in charge. Our principals. Technically, I guess we could have argued it, the buck should have stopped with them, but we were running the event. We were the team in Newport Beach. And, uh, you know, you can ask and check a hundred times. I mean, we got apologies from the videographer as well. But, um, I mean, it, I 
dealt directly with a cl my client contact and uh, we offered some financial discounts and those types of things. But I mean, it wasn't, the event wasn't ruined by that, but it was a significant embarrassment. So learning from that one, I guess you just check and double check. But um, sometimes you have no guarantee on that either. I, I mean, I have had a, a few other things where content um, maybe isn't quite right, and people can be unhappy about that. But because it's, I have a my work as a creative process, we can always redraft things, we can change things, and that part I'm I'm lucky about. But there have been a few instances where it's not been very fun. So how did you downplay them? It's just more of... Uh, that one's kind of hard to down. I mean, you, uh, you just work through it. I don't know. That one, that's a little bit harder to answer. So. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jill, for um, sharing um, and sharing your story. Um, I, I know you personally, so I loved your elastic mind. Um, anything finally you would love to say? Um, it's, as a creative person, uh, I know that, you know, sometimes uh, you run out of inspiration. And um, so you, you need to take a walk, make a cup of coffee, take a break from a client, uh, go on a vacation. Uh, the process I still love. And so when I find myself thinking, oh, do, am I really going to have to write a press release today? I have to remember uh, what I love to do and I love to learn about things. And I think that journalistic training it still makes me want to read about things and take a challenge of a new client and learn how a new drug works or how regulation is going on or any of these types of things. And so I think it is sometimes just taking a step back and remembering that this is what I love and this is what I choose to do. And I'm really blessed to be able to do that. And so I think that would be my, my one big thing. Create, we're not all creative when we sit down at our keyboard every morning. So sometimes we have to find inspiration. Thank you, Jill. We would like to thank our sponsor, Nalshare, for the continued support for this podcast. Visit nalshare.org to achieve your awesomeness through agile coaching and training, digital transformation strategy, agile organization development, lean business startup, and diversity and inclusion training. Thank you, Agile Alliance, for the Meta Pro account sponsorship. Learn more about Agile Alliance at www.agilealliance.org. We support lean thinking and agile life skills education through the Five Saturdays program. Visit www.fivesaturdays.org to donate your time, money, and knowledge. Check out Dr. Dave's latest book, Elastic Minds, What Are You Thinking? on Amazon.com. You will also find his book, Transforming Your Leadership Character, The Lean Thinking and Agility Way on Amazon.com. Look for the Null Share with Dr. Day podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. The Null Share with Dr. Day podcast is streamed on grokshare.com. If you have questions for Dr. Dave, reach out on Twitter at Dr. Cornelius Info or at Nullshare. This podcast is produced by Dr. Dave Cornelius. Copyright 2018, Nalshare. All rights reserved.